Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Seggy Station Podcast is brought to you by Callie's Love. A man's best friend is his dog. Shelter rescue mutt to many, but a life-saving companion to me. To me, not to promote true home happiness in a household, but a loving companion of a pet. Especially at a time like this, get yourself a little pet friend like mine at your local animal shelter, pound and nursery. Save their life and they just might save yours. Now it's time for your Sports Center update. LSU, big upset this weekend, true. 37-34, and CCU is getting no love, and I hate it. Uh, I got a gripe with the college football committee. I think CCU should definitely be ranked higher. A lot of dilemmas going on right now with Ohio State being put into the Big Ten title game, changing and altering the rules from the Big Ten. We'll see what goes on. Tough time to be a college football head coach. Saw Lovey Smith got fired from Illinois. Arizona also fires coach Kevin Sumlin after Arizona State beat them 70-7 to this past weekend, too. And I talked about uh, uh, just a you play competition. You play to win the game. <laughs> Herman words, you play, play to win the game. Competition problem with the college football, I mean, that's just, that's crazy. There was a, a score from a Chinese player, first in Power 5 college football history. Also, Sarah Fuller scored... An extra point-making history for Vanderbilt. Two of them. Two of them. And that was enough to make history and for the first female to score in a Power 5 college football game. Shout out to her. Keontae Johnson. Do you guys see this? The Florida basketball player? This is absolutely crazy and scary, Rich. Dude that fell down during the game. We kind of talked about this with the COVID. Who knows what kind of went down. He was hospitalized. Then now in critical condition. Currently stable, but... We'll see what goes on with that situation going forward, and hopefully we can get this under control going forward with vaccines being instituted around the country, hopefully sooner rather than later at a rapid pace. Mavs plan to release J.J. Barea, but I thought this was fire rich. Mark Cuban honored a, lot, a last contract for him. He's been there for a long time. I think Mark Cuban stuck up and did the right thing here. You see a lot of good things across the world of sports. Mike Gundy confirms that star running back Chubba Hubbard is done for the season and declaring for the NFL draft. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more of that over the next week or so with a lot of these college games being canceled and the college football Final Four being announced this upcoming Sunday, December 20th. I believe it's noon that they're going to have that before the NFL. Tune back in. Nick Seglin here, Seggy Station Podcast. Pumped to have the boys here. Second portion of the podcast today as we got now my podcast out on Spotify, which I'm pumped about. Five other platforms as well. You can also still follow along on my Instagram page, at Seggy Station, and my Twitter page, at Seggy Station. And we always got a live stream of the pod on my Twitch stream. It's underscore Seggy underscore G. Much love there. Much love to everybody listening. Hopefully you enjoy this portion where we're going to cover the MLB after we touch on the NBA. And we got Rich Hot Takes Letty here, who is my NBA phenom. Pumped to have him. And there's a lot to get to in the NBA. The preseason started just three days ago. Fired up to have the NBA back, dude. Watching the preseason like it's real because, hey, man, they're only going to have a couple games, and then we're talking regular season just a week from tomorrow. So this is going to be fire. You got Kevin Durant back, first time in 552 days, June 2019, 15 points in his debut, matching up with Kyrie. Kyrie not talking to the media right now. Got to get into that a little bit. Harden and your boy, what's going on with Harden and the Rockets? And on top of all that discussion, we got to get into the rankings with ESPN and some of those rankings. But I do want to start out with some of the headlines. Let's start out with Harden and what's going on with the Rockets. 
I talked about Harden getting traded. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten traded yet, but I am surprised with what's going on with James Harden and how he's handling this situation. Talks of him having a preference between John Wall and Russell Westbrook. We talked about that on the podcast before, and he goes out here and gets what he wants again in John Wall. I thought he looked pretty good in his debut, even though he's coming off, obviously, a catastrophic injury and a torn Achilles. He looked fire. And I think Boogie Cousins in the preseason looked pretty fire as well. So now you got two guys, Morse with you. I know you lose Covington, but you bring in Christian Wood, new head coach. I'm surprised, and I know Harden needs six negative tests because he fucked up and was not abiding NBA protocols, but I'm surprised the way he's handling this. Uh, I think it's making it harder to trade him. I do think he still will get traded, but to me, him wanting to go to all these contenders is just not the look, and it's just not going to be a thing in my opinion. So he's either going to have to play for the Rockets or they're going to ship him off to a non-contender. That's what I would do to him. Let's go with Harden, Rich. So, a few things. I mean, uh, I think there's things you can blame him here for and things you can't blame him here for. So, number one, it's definitely his fault he's in this situation. If you ask me, they would still be a contending team and maybe be one of the top two, three favorites this year if they just had Chris Paul and that iteration of their team. So, that's totally on him for driving Chris Paul away, having the Rockets rotate teammates. The Rockets have basically done everything he's asked along the way there. So, you could put anything on him for where he is right now in terms of like him pushing people away or how he's played and i get that where i'm not going to blame him is the team got rid of daryl morey and mike d'antoni who are his two guys yes he said he didn't want to play with russell westbrook but it sounds like that's a conversation they mutually had because they're both cool still and they probably both decided like whatever this isn't best for both of our careers for whatever reason to play together so Nothing crazy there for them wanting to trade, but I can't blame him for not being more excited about the team right now. Just realistically, every team, to me right now, every team in the West besides the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder is a contender to make the playoffs. Like literally 14 teams are contenders to make the playoffs. Maybe the Spurs and the Kings are on the outside looking in, but legit 14 teams could make the playoffs. This Rockets team is not contending with and beating all of those teams. Like John Wall is a downgrade. DeMarcus Cousins, we haven't seen actually stay healthy and on the court as well with John Wall for a while now. You lost Russell Westbrook, who's a top player. Chris Paul's not there anymore. Clint Capella's not there anymore. Robert Covington, perfect player. All right, fine. Sounds like a lot of excuses for James Harden. Where do you want him to go then? It's not excuses for him. I'm just saying I get not wanting to be there and this being a worse team. I get it, but where where do you want him to go? As for where you're going to send him, to me, if you're going to ask the best spot for him, I think it's the Miami Heat. Tyler here is a young, exciting prospect, but not too good where you're like, oh, we're not going to give away Tyler Hero for James Harden. They can make it work cap-wise with other salary fillers and other young pieces, whether it's Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, and a bunch of picks is going to be what's required. And that'll instantly make them maybe the favorites in the East, definitely right up there in the top two in my mind. If you're shaking your head, no, that's wild. Because for you, you say they're your favorites to go to the conference finals right now. Taking away Tyler Hero, who... I'm sorry, the dude is like a 16-point-per-game score and had one great playoff series and then was absolutely vanished, gone in, in the um, finals against the Heat. Rich. So, like, he is not better than a James Harden. Who else did you say besides right Tyler Hero in the trade? Duncan Robinson? I've been hearing a lot of that. Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson for James Harden? I don't see that happening in a bunch of picks. I don't see the okay. Rockets doing that, and I don't see that being a good trade Okay, that, that's for the Rockets. Comment. So that I don't see that happening. So... They're going to have to get more from the Heat, which in my opinion makes the Heat worse if you just have to give up more pieces. Like, who knows who it is? It's a... Okay, hold on, hold on. That does not make the Heat worse 
Because right now, any trade that the Rockets get back, I agree with you, that's not equal value for James Harden, but you're not getting equal value back. The best trade you can get is one of Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, and I don't know if the Sixers are willing to make that trade. That's the best value the Rockets should get. That's the trade the Rockets should try and make if they can, because that's getting like a roster centerpiece back. But any other move outside of that is going to be centered around picks and one young asset, because that's all teams have up to give for them. So it's your choice. Like, okay, do you want the Nets pick and LeVert? Do you want the Heat's pick? And, Ty- and Tyler Hero, whatever the teams are, they're going to be getting back a young asset, salary fillers, and picks in every single deal that's out there. So it, other than a Ben Simmons one, which is a franchise centerpiece, but I don't think that's likely for the Sixers to give them up. Go ahead, Shu. If I'm the GM of the Houston Rockets, I know it's a new GM. Daryl Morey was there. He traded for him. They gave him everything he wanted. It didn't work out. You're here. You're trying to make an impact. Uh, obviously, you have an all-world talent in James Harden, top five player in the league. But at this point, with all due respect, I don't give a fuck where you want to go with the way you're treating your teammates, the organization, the fans, uh, the selfishness that you de- demonstrate going to, um, you know, don't get me wrong. If I got invited to little Baby's birthday party, I'd be going too. But you know what? To be taking photos without masks, doing all this, putting it on social media... Ignoring your team when training camp's going on, you're about to get a season started. With all due respect, I don't care where the fuck you want to go. Listen to what people are saying. KD, when they asked him about you going on the Rockets, I don't care. He's not a member, or I mean, not the Rockets, the Nets. He's not a member of us. Uh, if I'm the GM, I'm looking at teams like uh, Oklahoma City, maybe send him back to where you got him from. Uh, I, anywhere with young, controllable talent. You trade him to the Heat, like, really? yeah. You're not getting a great return. There are better returns there. You have to stop looking at teams that he wants to go to and open it up to the whole league. I said that to my brother too, Rich. I don't care. Real quick, though. Go ahead, Rich. Real quick, though. The problem with this is, like, this isn't what James – this is why it's hard for me to blame James Harden. It's a shitty thing to do, and I agree with everything Chewy said. But the problem is this is what players have set the president at. It's like this is basically what happened with Anthony Davis. Just it wasn't during the offseason. It was in the middle of the season. So it was like – a little more hushed down and they were just playing in 15 minutes a game. But he said, I don't want to be there. These are the only teams I'll sign a contract with. No, the Celtics can't trade for me. I won't sign there again. Like players hold the cards in their hand. That's what James Harden is doing. And that's the problem for, it's good for him, but it's the yeah, problem yeah, for the yeah. Rockets. And that's why the Rockets can't trade him to the Thunder. Cause the Thunder aren't going to make that move. If James Harden's causing the scene right here and James Harden says, the only teams I want to play for These are, different. are the, are the Bucks." Uh, the Heat, whoever, whatever team. Why are you always blowing Harden so well, much? No, bro? I just like, gotta get into go this. You brought, go up, you brought up AD with that. He had he was one year away from being a free agent and signing a contract. Harden's still on the okay, on the books on. for I three years. No, the, you could have him sit out if he wants saying. to sit out. If he wants to sit out, congratulations. Take your pay cut. Don't make any money. Sit on the bench. We'll find a trade that works. All right? Because no, I don't agree with you on that. Go ahead, Rich. Go ahead, Rich. All right, I, I have a train going by, so move it on. But yeah, I didn't even get to the point of what I was saying. He's, pull, he's pulling a lady on Bell. Go ahead, Rich. So, no, the, the point of what I'm saying there is you can't – what these players have done, Anthony Davis, anyone else, is they say who they want to go to so that other teams won't trade for them. It doesn't matter how close you are to the end of your contract. For the, what I'm saying right here, yes, the overall scenario, yes, what I'm saying right here is when you say, I will only sign long-term with the Lakers when I'm Anthony Davis – every other team isn't going to fucking trade for you because they're like, okay, he doesn't want to be here. Why am I going to give away all these assets for a player to what doesn't want to be here? So I'm just saying, if you're the Thunder, if you're the Knicks, if you're the teams where you're like, well, what if we gave away all these picks and these young assets 
you're then sitting there like, no, it's not worth it. He doesn't want to be. Yeah, that's on him. You're at at his disposal. I'm not defending him on that. I'm just saying you can't (laughs) ship him to a non-contender because the non-contender won't want him. That's fucking retarded. He's no, it, it's I understand what you're saying, but I disagree because Anthony Davis had one year left on his deal. You look at guys like Giannis. What does he have one year left on his deal when they talk about maybe him and trade talks? Not like it actually is going to happen. James Harden still has three years on his deal. So if you're acquiring this dude, you have him for the foreseeable future. It's just like when you look at the Mets. They're talking about the Mets trying to trade for a guy like Francisco Lindor. But what the only reason we would do it is if it was contingent on him signing. After that, goes to your guy's point. Like he's acting up, causing a problem for his team. You have this dude for the next four years if you trade for him. You don't want to bring in a dude who's acting up with a team he doesn't want to be with if he doesn't want to be on your team either. I'm agreeing with you guys. Everything he's doing is shitty. I'm just saying you can't trade for him if you're not a team that he doesn't want to be with because you're in the same shitty situation the Rockets are in right now and you're giving away assets to be in that shitty situation. I agree with you. Everything he's doing is dumb. I, I understand that, but that he doesn't want to be with. I guess to get all like psychological with it, he's actually doing shit ass backwards. Because if I'm a GM of another team and you you have a superstar player like this who's kind of being a douchebag and he's made other superstars uh, forced out with a trade and stuff like that, it's a guy that I don't want to acquire. If I'm the Miami Heat, does James Harden make me better? Yes, but I like what the team camaraderie is built with those young guys. You take a rookie, a 19-year-old Tyler Hero. Obviously, James Harden is better than Tyler Hero, and these other guys are going to throw in. But you build the core. Pat Riley wants him there, and Jimmy Butler said publicly he wants him there. So I don't think that's a concern. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Rich is just so on the James Harden train, and I would be just livid if the Heat trade for James Harden. Done is shitty for his team. I agree with that. I'm not defending anything he's done. I'm just saying you can't just ship him off to spite him because that'll hurt the team that gets him it's just not a realistic scenario for them to do any other shitty teams giants did it with obj sent him to cleveland yeah, i was gonna giants. say man i think i think you can There'll do be it. a team out there you got to nah. think about it too a team like the knicks are you trying to tell me a team like the knicks isn't going to want to sign or trade for a guy like james harden to put more butts in the seats once you're actually allowed to sit and watch games like teams are going to want to make moves to acquire him if he said he doesn't he have a no trade clause they did that yeah but, but he, he won't he won't say that well, also, you got to think about it this way. Okay, you're going to sit out the remainder four-year of your deal and, you know, miss out on the $100 million. Eventually, he's no, going to get no, traded and no. he's going to be forced to play. He, he, of course, he'll be forced to play. Just the, the, I think the overall thing is, like, no, one, the NBA is more of a player's league than anywhere else. So you're just going – players are going to get their way anymore. That's the way it's been established. That's the way it's been going. Like, you're not, you're not going to fuck a player over. The teams are scared to do that because then other star players don't want to play with you. So they're not going to absolutely fuck him over. And that's, I mean, that's kind of why he's being a dick. He knows he can get away with it and kind of get his way a little bit. But I don't, I don't know. At the end of the day, what he's doing has, has been. <laughs> I just think you can only trade him to one of the contenders still. Yeah. So I know I have um, the rights to naming your first son, but I am looking forward to meeting your second son, James Harden Coletti. It's going to be really nice to get to engage with him. In the future. Yo, Rich. Unreal, dude. Two two bells on James Harden. We need to get out of here. We need oh, to get out of here. Your first son's name is Ass Blaster 4000 <laughs> because he didn't show up to play 2K on time. Wow. Yeah. So, Ass, ba- Ass Blaster 4000 Coletti and James Harden Coletti. First two kids. I can't wait to meet them. <laughs> oh, man. No comment on that. But also, <laughs> similar. <laughs> Sorry, Rich. Love you, buddy. Similar to no comment on that. I sound like Kyrie Irving. We need to talk about this for a quick second. What's going on with Kyrie uh, is stunning. I don't uh, talk about pawns. 
the fact that he's saying that and the fact that he's willing to take and me and Rich did the math before this, so my my math is right. I'm not good at math, but I'm right on this one. $25,000 fines at a clip? Can you imagine if he did this all season long? And me and Rich did the math. $1.8 million? There's no way he's going to do that. But if he does, that is psychotic. That is insane. And the blasphemy that comes out of this dude's mouth on a regular basis, we've all heard. I mean, he thinks the earth's flat. He's this and that. He's got Instagram Live going on with KD. Rich telling me that he wants to do 10 Back to the basket post ups a game. I mean, this dude is off the charts saying asinine things all the time. But he's a great player. I mean, we're gonna do our rankings and compare the rankings here after this segment, basically. And I mean, this dude's a top twenty player in the NBA, no doubt about it, if he's healthy. And you're pairing him up now with what's definitely in my mind a top three NBA player when he's healthy, and Kevin Durant, who looks pretty good coming back after we mentioned was a long hiatus from him, obviously returning from a torn Achilles, but. I think Kevin Grant Durant would be just fine. We will, we could probably get into that here at some point. But the fact of the matter is, Kyrie Irving and what he's saying about the people doing their jobs, everyday people just trying to talk and be media people. If you don't want to talk to him, fine. Then you're paying the the fine at that clip and twenty five thousand dollars a clip, Kyrie. I mean, if you go more than five games, in my opinion, I'll be stunned. But if he goes and does this, 72-game season we're talking. I mean, he's giving up a lot of money. Wow. Go ahead, Shu. Get in on the Kyrie Irving talk and what, what's going on with these comments and his lack thereof. But now some, what's going to happen with him going forward? Okay, yeah, so everyone's entitled to feel how they want to feel about the media obviously everything that you hear about these players is uh media orchestrated driven by them they ask the questions but you literally sign a contract i don't know how many hundreds of millions or whatever you got to go there uh you sign a contract there's a short little line there somewhere that says you are obligated to talk to the media about basketball so to sit there and be ignorant and say i don't talk to pawns and stuff like that who are you to call someone a pawn? I think it's just extremely disrespectful. Kevin Love touched on yeah, that. Yeah, like, Obviously, I understand what he means by that. He's he calling me like a pawn. Exactly, but it, it's just the thing. It's um, You say all this stuff, and they say all this mean stuff about you. Like, dude, you're the one who's talking about the earth being flat, and you're the one saying all this outlandish <laughs> fucking shit. So, like, don't sit there and say that the fucking media is the bad guy when you're the one putting the quotes out there, Okay. Like, um, and instead of saying like, oh, uh, you know, like, I hope they use that 25K for good instead of putting it back in their pockets and stuff. Like, don't try to flip this back <laughs> on the NBA and the media when you're the one who's not talking, okay? Look at a guy like Marshawn Lynch. He got fined a couple times. He comes back out. They ask him a million questions. Thank you for asking. Next question. Thank no. you for asking. That's all you have to say. Straight up, though. I told this to Rich before. Go ahead, so, Rich. Go ahead, Rich. Just, Go ahead, yeah. Rich. I honestly don't have much of a I like don't care about this at all like I don't I, Kyrie it's like kind of what Chewie said in the beginning like I don't I don't care dude <laughs> the thing is he still gets on I said this to you before like I don't care if he talks to anyone because he'll get on IG live and say some way dumber shit than he'd even say to a reporter so it's like all right yeah. dude I'll watch you do that like I don't I don't really care personally if I get to hear Kyrie's post-game press conference so like this is almost like talking to COVID to me. Like, whatever, dude. Kyrie, I don't even care what you do at this point. Like, whatever. Whatever, man. Yeah, dude, I agree with you on what you're saying, too. But I'd also say what Chewie's saying is valid, where it's like, bro, at least get out there. If you don't want to talk to him, fine. But you, you still have to go there. For him not showing up and then just not want to talk to him. And then 
calling them pawns and being disrespectful about it. It's just, just way over the top. It's just way over the top. I think it's one of those things too. If you don't like being questioned by the media that much, you need to establish a relationship with them and be like, listen, either it's social anxiety, something like this. I don't like talking to them. Give me a list of questions. Let me respond on my own time or something like that later. And then it's, there's way better ways to go about it than the way you do calling people pawns, being a little disrespectful. And, and like you said, He's going to make his own decisions. He can do whatever the hell he wants. If he doesn't want to talk to the media and get fined every time, if he wants to talk to him today after getting fined once, like do what you want to do. But it's just uh, he just he's finds a, he's a fantastic player. He is. He's, he's unbelievable. Great. He's amazing. He just but finds himself these, in the in the news for the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. And, and he's a cancer in the locker room at other teams. We've seen it. I really hope he doesn't do that with the Brooklyn Nets. And if I'm Kevin Durant and seeing some of the stuff he's doing already, I'm looking at this guy like, yo. What are you doing? Oh, I got to give a quick shout out to KD, though, because I used to be the hardest KD uh, basher when he went to Golden State. But after he got injured, you know, started to feel real bad about all the horrible things I said. So I take him back. Sorry, Kevin. Um, But no, he could even with like. If he doesn't move the same way, you could stick him in the corner and have him just shoot threes. And this guy would still be better than 80 to 85 percent of the league. Oh, Kevin Durant's going to be disgusting. He's unbelievable. I mean, you see him yesterday. He made a move towards the basket where he drove and kind of bumped his shoulder into the guy to create space and then pulled up over him from about 8 to 10 feet away. That's the same movie tore his Achilles on a year and a half ago, and he's out there doing it again, grinding. I love to see it. it. It's a little bit weird. His mechanics look a little bit weird, but also you're watching stuff in slow-mo, and you've seen that same move with him break down. So it's a little scary, but even this dude on one leg is better than 90% of the league. No, for sure. He's spectacular, and I think he's going to have a great season. Uh, we got to get into the rankings for sure because we're going to run out of time. We want to get into your MLB. Let's get into these rankings, Rich. We got it up, and we both put up a top 25. You got it aside, the ESPN ranking top 25. It's funny because literally, like I said, a year ago today, we started doing the pod and we, I remember us like really doing rankings and stuff. Like that was what we were doing. Like yep. NBA rankings, like messing around with the rankings. And like, here we are again, another year, uh, trying to get this stuff figured out in terms of where these guys are going to project turns it ter- uh, towards the end of the year. I'm sorry. So I think, uh, the top 10 is pretty standard for most people to rank just what the ESPN has. And you just probably have it in different order. So I wouldn't really talk as much there into maybe some of these other points down towards the bottom half where I think it gets more interesting and then where you have guys that are left out and why they're left out or why they're in or who you would take out. I think that where it becomes a little bit more interesting. But what do you got yeah. for any of this? Yeah, I mean, for anyone listening, check out your uh, Instagram posts so they could actually see the list if they can't actually see it right now. But no, just taking a look at the list. I mean, we both got LeBron at the top, both expecting him to have a great season. Both looks like it with number two with KD, both expecting him to have like a huge bounce back year. The first thing that my eyes are on, and I don't even want to go into it because we've talked about him enough. I see you have Harden at 10 under Jokic and Steph Curry. I disagree with that no matter where he plays, but I don't want to get too much into that. Like, he could – I mean, the other side of that is if he, he's missing games and not even playing, then obviously his ranking's falling if he's not playing. So I guess that's a possibility as well. Um, my thing on my side that I have different – that I want to touch on quick is I have Kawhi a lot, Leonard – a lot Leonard, a lot lower than like ESPN or your list or anything like that. And that's just out of like 
even in the Toronto finals when he won, he was looking hobbled out there. And he looked hobbled out there by playoff time this year, and that was with rest games. This year, there's more back-to-backs, shorter shorter season, yeah, but more condensed in terms of, like, more games happening more often. They were just in the playoffs. Like, I'm not as confident about Kawhi even staying who he is or taking a step forward. I think he's going to be taking steps backward quicker than we think. And I, it's hard for me to put him over, like, Lillard, Harden, Luca, some of these guys that I think no matter where they are are just going to be like the workhorse of their entire team. A valid take. I think that with the NBA instituting the load, load management policy, I think it'll be interesting to see how that's handled for the Clippers, a team that was known for being like that, also now with a new head coach and how a guy in Doc Rivers handles that going forward. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see how some of these teams have to handle that policy going forward. And you're going to have a lot more primetime games, and I think you're going to have – Guys are going to have to play a little bit more because of that instituted by the NBA. Kawhi Leonard is a perfect example of that. I think he's basically started that. Uh, You know, I think you bring up a valid point in the top 10 with Kawhi Leonard being a little bit lower in yours and being able to be validated based on what we saw last season. But I also would say that a lot of the things we expected from the Clippers – didn't really happen, so I'm not jumping ship on that yet, just in terms of them going out and signing uh, Paul George to that five-year, $226 million deal, which we haven't really talked about, which I think is way overpaid for him, but definitely solidifying that they're trying to keep Kawhi around, they're trying to keep that nucleus there, they're trying to make this a little bit better than it was, obviously, with Doc Rivers and bringing in a guy in Tyron Lue and Chauncey Billups and a new coaching staff. So I'm not jumping ship on Kawhi Leonard not being a top-five NBA player uh, yet in this league. Uh, especially with his defense and everything like that. So I still think you got him ranked a little bit low. I think Chu wants to get in on some of the, some of this, and then we'll switch into more of the discussion. What's good, Rich? Or Chu. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place with no, my words good. today. it's all good. Um, I just wanted to say I love how you brought up the load management policy. I did see that the other day, and I found it an interesting little nugget. Um, you know, there aren't going to be people really in the stands. I know they've talked about it, but there's not going to be much, at least to start. Like, um, you guys want to see these – good guys play like i know rich has mentioned it on the podcast before where it's like oh warriors versus pelicans prime time game and like no one realizes that steph clay uh you know zion all the good guys are out so you don't really want to watch it. it if those guys are healthy it's nice at least you know to turn on like a sunday night like prime time basketball game and see these superstars play i'm looking forward to that as far as ranking goes um i didn't actually make one because there's only one guy that needs to be at number one and the rest really doesn't fucking matter and we all know who number one is. That's LeBron, the king. Uh, but I made a quick 2020 top... time male athlete of the year, by the way. You Absolutely. Need to get that in there. Um, as far as the top five goes, I made one real quick. Um, and I'm definitely like just kind of throwing some names I've thought about recently, like just while we were talking. Uh, so I'm, there's probably a lot of room for discussion. But I have LeBron, obviously, number one. Um, Kevin Durant, uh I think he's a clear number two for me, the way he's able to score, what he's doing. Uh, it all depends on how well he's able to move around on the floor, but he looked pretty good last night. Got Giannis number three, and that's more because he just absolutely dominates the regular season, and then he looks like a different person. Maybe his brother Kostas comes and plays during the playoffs. Um, then I got Luka at number four, and then a, a guy, I know you guys mentioned him a little bit, and I know I'm missing so many names here. But I'm kind of thinking of guys coming back a little bit. Like, you got to have Steph Curry up there. He's a generational talent. He can shoot from anywhere on the floor. We yeah, missed him. Um, you know, we missed him last year and stuff, too. It's going to it's gonna be interesting to see how he plays without Clay. But when you're able to dribble the ball the way he does and shoot 
from any angle anywhere it's like similar to patrick mahomes throwing the football where like some of these shots he takes and like some of the arc he puts on him and stuff like that it's similar to like a a left-handed pass or a sidearm sling or a no look it's so i think um as far as my list goes it's two like huge rebound candidates and kd and steph you got the up and coming guys and luca and Giannis. obviously Giannis has two mvps but then you got to have the king on top i I agree i I think that's uh I think that's an interesting and good take because very possible steps like possibly number two if he's coming back. Who knows? I had him at I had him at nine. So okay. I had him at eight, and ESPN had him at eight, and we all had him behind Damian Lillard, which I thought was really interesting. He was someone I wanted to throw on my list, but uh, just with Steph's track record, Dame has been unbelievable his whole career, right. and like we saw what he's done recently. But like something about Steph, it's just like it's almost like one step further with a couple MVPs, couple rings. Maybe I give him the benefit of the doubt. I absolutely agree with you and think there's a good chance Steph finishes ahead of him. Just my reasoning there, at least, and I had Anthony Davis. I had the same list as you, just I had Anthony Davis in the five spot. Mm -hmm. But my reasoning was just, and I I hate saying this because I feel like it's such, it's a take I hear thrown around there all the time, and I'm not trying to discredit Steph at all. But a lot of Steph's success we've seen in a perfect system for him. And obviously he still has Steve Kerr there. He's won championships with. He's had Draymond, who's arguably like, maybe the most important piece of that system, like helping Steph move around off the ball, doing a little bit of everything. But Draymond's just a little bit older. They don't have Clay. They don't have KD. I I don't think, I'm sure we'll do this on another episode at the beginning of the season or before it starts. <clears throat> starts. I don't think I have the Warriors as a playoff team. Maybe not even the nine seed in the East is one of the playing games. We'll see because like, I just, I have questions about if Wiggins, Oubre are going to bring what Steph needs to succeed, and I see some other guys. I'm sure Steph will put up his numbers and have great games, but in the first four games of last year before Steph got hurt, he went. the Warriors went 1-3 and three against some pretty average teams, and got, they beat the Grizzlies, I think it was, and got blown out in the other three games, in the games where they just had Draymond, Steph, and like some of their supporting guys. No, I agree. I think that's not a wild take for Golden State to not make the playoffs, but I think... Yeah. Them being competitive is also a possibility, all dependent on Steph for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think where he falls in the rankings will fall on where he's at this year. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah. Uh, one thing I just want to comment with Golden State is uh, I think a big thing on them being successful this year, Steph's going to put up his numbers. You look back to him playing at Davidson, torching the A-10. Um, you know, he's always been a kind of a, a nightmare matchup in the sense that, like, as soon as he crosses his own free throw line and has 75 feet to go, you should probably fucking guard him up close because he can hit from anywhere. I think a big thing is how the relationship between him and a big guy like James Wiseman is going to go. If they can get that pick and roll effectively or maybe a little bit of pick and pop, because what I've seen from him is uh, Wiseman can shoot a little bit. It's going to make it a little bit easier for Steph. And then also, if you have a guy like Draymond, who, you know, used to be a triple-double threat all the time, if he can kind of control the ball the way he does and they can make things work and have Steph make his off-ball cuts, he hasn't had leg injuries. It was a hand injury that kept him out. Uh, Obviously, he's got faulty ankles from about 10 years ago, so we'll see how it happens. But he can still motor around, and, like, you can watch clips on YouTube of this dude just making off-ball cuts similar to Clay Thompson. Like, they're just so great at it. So I guess it is contingent on guys like Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre to kind of be able to space the floor, hit some threes, make some plays. Uh, if they can make it easy for Steph, sky's the limit with that team, I think. not uh, Sky's the limit, I say, in the sense that like they can make the playoffs and they could do some damage there. But Let's get into some yeah, of these rankings, Rich. After 10, we talked yeah. a little bit about 10. Uh, you know, I think it gets a lot more interesting. 
before you know, we before we move, I will say my five, ten second take is I wanted to put Tatum even higher. I had him at ten. Kemba's going to be out. I think Tatum goes even more nuts this year. I know Joke wanted to put Tatum above Kawhi Leonard because Kawhi looking a step slower, and these rankings are by the end of this year. If the Clippers have another early playoff exit and Tatum's picking up a lot of the slack without Kemba gone and they go deep in the playoffs, I know it's like an absurd take, but I don't think it's like that insane by the end of the year for Tatum to be a better player than Kawhi Leonard. I'm just not sold on Tatum. I like Bam more than Tatum in that class and that extension class. You guys know better than I do. Um, what's uh, I know he's a little bit lengthy as a wing, but like, what's Tatum's defense like? Oh, that's something I need to get in, though, with Tatum. Because now he's listed at 6'10", according to Brad Stevens. All of a sudden, he, like, grew two inches this year. Like, yeah, get the fuck out of here with that. Like, dude, Can I Jason go two Tatum, inches? I'll be six feet tall. Dude, yeah, like, Jason Tatum trying to say he's 19 or 20 or something. He's still growing. Like, bro, get the fuck out of here. And, like, I don't know. Like, Jason Tatum's fire for sure. I just don't know if Jason Tatum's that guy. Like, I... I think he is. I think Jason you know, Tatum... To answer your question, his defense is not Kawhi Leonard-level defense. But the problem I think people are having problem noticing is Kawhi Leonard defense is not Kawhi Leonard defense anymore either. Like the last, even in the Toronto series, like he was deeing people up, but he's not like a go out there whole game. Like they'll put him on the best guy, but he's not locking him up like Kawhi was. He's losing steps quick the last two years. And I'm by no means trying to say like Kawhi's overrated or Kawhi's a bad defender. He's not, but he's not like when we say Kawhi Leonard, we picture like, Oh my God! One of the best defenders ever. Like he's not. I that picture right Spurs now. Kawhi Leonard locking up LeBron. He's fallen off from where he was, and Tatum is a, a capable defender, nowhere near a Kawhi Leonard level defender. But again, if if Kawhi's losing a few steps, I don't think it's crazy by the end of the year that their defense is even closer than it is right now. I think it's crazy that Russell Westbrook is ranked as low, or ranked as low as he is in the ESPN rankings. Yeah, he was at like thirty six or something. Yeah, that's, that seemed really disrespectful. That's unbelievable. That's absolutely uh, unbelievable. Boys, just looking at their their rankings, like everyone's good in the top twenty five, so it's hard to say. Oh, he's gonna hundred percent be over this person, but I just see Russell Westbrook doing more for his team in terms of wins, holding the ball, everything like Pascal Siakam does or something like that. But well, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. Boy, is um, that... Another another one we should probably touch on here. At least THT, that, yeah, better be I've THT. Been, I've Ben Simmons at twelve, and you have Ben Simmons. I think you said at like twenty six, right off your list. Yeah, you're just not so high on him because yeah. ESPN had him sort of where where sixteen, a little closer to me, but in the middle of us. There. Yeah, I'm interested to see how the Sixers are with Doc Rivers and some of the pieces they brought in, and them trying to run it back with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid if there's no trade for Harden, even if there is a trade for Harden. Uh, what, then Simmons is potentially in the deal, or then Simmons is playing with Harden? I I just don't have Simmons as a top 25 player in the NBA right now. Uh, I think he's an unbelievable defender, and I think he can pass the ball. But I think he needs to contribute more on the offensive side of the ball and on the playmaking side of the ball just in terms of big-time games. We saw a little bit of it last season from him, but he was hurt a good amount. And then it was just the same old story with Ben Simmons that we kind of heard about. He can't shoot this and that. Where's this dude at? So, yeah. I mean, if he takes a jump, then maybe for me. But, like, for me, Ben Simmons is just not that guy. I just I just don't have faith in Ben Simmons being that guy and him coming around. Even though he's a young player, I just – I'm not sold on him. So, I argue he's already in the top 25 either way. But that's fair because I'm also assuming he does take that jump. I like – not that Danny Green's anything special, but Danny Green and Seth Curry on this team is a big addition 
from having just in terms of like personnel and fit for the team. Big addition from having like Al Horford and some of the other guys they're throwing out there next to Ben Simmons. Space like, that it, just, floor. it did not work with Open ben up Simmons. the paint. Like, having a lineup of Ben Simmons, Danny Green, Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid will be much better and much closer to their time with JJ Redick than anything they ran out this anything they ran out this last year. So I think Ben Simmons will have a great year. I'm not expecting him to shoot threes or anything like that, but I'd argue he's already right now around like 20th for me at least, and I think he'll have definitely his best year of his career. I'm assuming the Sixers don't trade for Harden and they just stick with what they have for the most part of the year right now. And I think it's just a lot better pieces to complement what he needs. Like he needs specific pieces around him, like Giannis. He needs shooters so he could drive and kick. And I think they have a better uh, better rotation for him now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Sixers will be one of those teams this year, in my opinion, where with what they've done this offseason, they either really bloom and they get themselves up in the Eastern Conference standings or they're struggling trying to figure out how to put all that together with a new head coach, new system, all that players that those two players obviously star players that haven't been able to get along i did want to get to a couple other things i thought it was interesting because we didn't do this rankings like together or nothing we had a couple of players like literally right at the same number which i thought was pretty fire and i do also want to get into how you don't have ja morant above zion williamson like i I don't care that you have zion williamson in the top 25 i i definitely argue against that but i cannot see how you don't have job of zion yet even what we saw last year Obviously, Zion coming back and making the you know the rookie of the year a little bit closer than we had all thought it would have been. Obviously, with the truncated season and and things like that, even missing forty games. But I think Ja Morant and what I saw in the preseason and what he did as a rookie and winning rookie of the year, I think he's gonna morph himself into a top twenty five player pretty quick in this league. Right at nineteen for me on the rankings. Yeah. By the end of the season. I don't disagree with any of that. And it was really like, I wanted to put him in here. Like I put down a list of like somewhere around 30 players. And I was like, all right, these guys are somewhere in there. And he was like one of the him, Gobert and Kyle Lowry were like the three left that I had on the list that I thought would be in there that I didn't know, like just where to put them. So it's less against him and more just, I feel like a lot of good guys here. Like Kyrie Irving's missed a lot of time. I would not be surprised at all if John Morant has a better year than Jamal Murray or Kyrie Irving and ends up in the top 25 or something like that. My take on Zion is, so he played, what was it? I think it was 20, I have it right here. He played 20 games last year with the Pelicans. They were 11-9 and nine in those games, better win percentage with him. He, was, he had a minutes restricted and only played 27 minutes a game and averaged 22-6 and six on 58% shooting. They've said already this year he has no limits restriction for this year. Per 36 minutes are not 100% accurate, but they estimate what a player would – put up with those same numbers in 36 minutes. I'm going to guess Zion plays 34, 35, so slightly under these. But his per 36 for last year is 29 and 8. And that's in his rookie year being out of shape, coming in playing 20 games in the middle of the season. Like, I truly think Zion this year, just his game style, like he has improvements to make on defense for sure. And that's what's going to keep him from being outside of like the top 15, I think, with his numbers. But with his game style, I think he could easily come in this year and I don't think it's crazy to say put up like 27 and nine or something like, like some absurd numbers like that. He's going to have room for growth on defense, but I think the team will be decent above 500. And I think he's going to be putting up 
you know, 29 and eight or per 36 numbers. That's not just all-star numbers. That's like potential all NBA numbers. I'm not saying Zion's going to be all NBA this year, but I mean, it's, I think he's going to have the numbers to be up there in the top 25. And I'm not saying he's there now, obviously off 20 games. He's not, this is a prediction by the end of the year. And I think he'll have the numbers to be there. True. Any comment on Ja or Zion being in the top 25, who should be ranked higher? What do you got? Um, as far as it goes, I mean, it's kind of tough. You see what Ja did for a whole season, that sample size. It's obviously bigger than what Zion did. But you see what Zion did, and Richard just presented all the numbers to us. It's pretty damn incredible, especially when you look at per 36 for like a 19, 20-year-old kid, 29 and 8. It's not that. It was 22 and 6. Uh, Ja was putting up, what, 17, 18 with like, what, 7 to 8 assists or something like that probably. Uh, they're both fantastic players. It's it's great. I got, I'm got i lucky enough to be able to see Ja play live and throw down some vicious dunks yeah. and stuff like that. Um, he's fun. He's a fun guy to watch, and so is Zion. Uh, when you have young rookie guys like this, you really got to see how they develop as people, more so as basketball players, I want to say. Um, they both have all the talent in the world, but it depends on their work ethic and their grind to really take it to the next level once you make it to the NBA here. Uh, I would love to see Zion play with no restrictions. Uh, that first game, Wade, he hit like four straight threes at one point, and then he really maybe shot yeah, like dude, five threes the rest of the year. Um, I think I think that's part of getting your feet wet. Uh, it's similar to like calling up a young pitcher or a young hitter to play in the MLB, and like you know you want him to just try to get comfortable to being on the big stage at the first point, and then slowly and slowly show a little bit more of your game. Um, the NBA is in fantastic hands in terms of young players. For sure. And it's really exciting. As far as, like uh, like I said earlier, ratings to me are kind of, like, funny and stuff when you try to do it. Like, does it really matter if you're 24th or 23rd or, like, you're ahead For of this sure. guy, behind that guy? What matters is, like, longevity, playing great, and winning. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things. Obviously, I agree with you on player, that, but so. I will say that it does provide some very interesting discussions. And me and Rich could probably mm -hmm. sit here and talk about this for the next fucking hour, but mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to have time for I that. Got, I got one more nugget, though. Go ahead. All right, so my biggest riser for this year, and I've been doing a lot of research the past few days, Yep. it's got to be Taylor Horton Tucker. THT, baby. <laughs> I know it's funny, it's hilarious, but... Uh, does he play LeBron James's position? No, he's more he's, of a guard, but he's he's he he's a bulky Kyle guard. Kuzma's role. They need yeah. Kuzma gone if they want exactly. to him, probably. It, it's going to happen soon because you see a young kid like this, 20 years old. Oh, um, man. No, the thing that I like about him, he's got a 6'4 uh, height. He's it's got a horrible a way to end the segment. No, it's not. Absolutely no, no, not. Cause, no, he's not. He's no, he's totally going to be good, Seg. You're going to come back on here and you're going to be laughing a little bit and talking to me. been doing some research. This kid is legit. He's got a 7'1 wingspan. He plays annoying defense he's a pest he was like, drafted you know this play. year no he was drafted last year second round pick fun little nugget for you he got in in the rocket series last last year in the bubble he got in uh it was around a tie game in the second <laughs> quarter uh he ended up scoring five points he hit a three he wasn't afraid to take his shot but he had a huge steal followed by a nice layup also you look last night he played I know it's preseason, but you're playing the Clippers. He dropped, what, 33 points? He had four steals. He had a strip of Kawhi Leonard at one end, brought it back up, dished it, got in the corner, drilled a three in Paul George's eye. He's not afraid, and I like that. And I think that's some – it's the type of player you need around a LeBron James. You've got LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Dennis Schroeder. you got some good pieces there. But to have young – 
physical guys who aren't afraid to drive to the hoop, play a little bit bully ball, try to play like a brawn, put your shoulder down, get some and one layups, hit some jumpers, play tough defense, be all up on a guy. I think he's going to be turning a lot of heads. When we hop onto the uh, pod around March or something, I'd love to revisit this and see where we're at. Oh, we'll do that. I, I agree with him. A lot of people like him. He's, he's going to be really good. He was hucking some shots against the Rockets last year. Dude has confidence. He's had like one or two games where like they sat everyone last year where he had like some like 15, 16, 17 point like regular season games with like AD and LeBron sitting. The, the, the dude's definitely good. They would just need to make some trades to get some people out of his way because he would have to do some did you guys see the um would have to suck for him to take someone's minutes did you see kendrick perkins tweet about him i am not a big kendrick perkins fan but i did uh i understand what he was saying with this uh he wasn't comparing skill or style of play at all to kobe bryant but he viewed it as a similar situation where you have a young really good guy like this where it's almost like you're gonna have to throw him into the lineup at some point and see what you have because it's not worth waiting on this for other i mean kyle kuzma's looked good he's shown flashes and stuff like that but when you have a guy like this that's how um, i felt for four years about frank nitalinka still waiting for it to happen yeah he scored 19 (laughs) in a game once glad you brought up kobe though on this date in 2014 kobe ryan passed mj on all-time scoring list it was a legendary moment in history obviously a tough loss for the nba community what happened to kobe kobe before covid and it's crazy because it's still going on and hopefully we can get back to some normalcy here sometime soon with everything going crazy with now some vaccines being delivered and this and that i did want to clip this segment out because it's getting a little longer the nba format so hopefully we can keep it a little shorter we'll come back in and do a little bit of nba or mlb i'm sorry before we get out of here i know rich and i could probably talk more on these rankings for much longer so um you know that'd be Plenty of time. Maybe we can get back in tomorrow. Hopefully Rich can come by. We could talk a little more on the rankings, get into some of the predictions in terms of awards and breakout players. But I am going to clip this one on the NBA today, come back in, and we'll do a little MLB before we get out of here. Be right back on the City Station.